If you look at Israel on a map, you will see a country that is surrounded by enemy. We can truly say that Israel is surrounded by a ring of fire. Who are these enemies that are so determined to wipe out Israel? That's what we're going to talk about in this episode of Foreshadows Report. Welcome to Foreshadows Report, a podcast in which we learn how we can keep watch and find hope as we grow in our understanding of Bible prophecy. This is Steve Miller. On October 7, 2023, terrorists in Gaza fired thousands of rockets at Israel and invaded many of the Israeli towns along the border between Gaza and Israel. A new war has broken out. This is yet another conflict among many that have taken place in the Middle East. There are many people who wonder, why are there so many conflicts in this part of the world? The biggest reason is that Israel is surrounded by enemies that want to destroy this Jewish nation. In this podcast, we're going to identify these enemies, and hopefully this will give us some very helpful perspective on why peace has been so elusive between Israel and its neighbors. As we take a look at this ring of fire that surrounds Israel, we're going to start with Hamas, which instigated the war that's taking place now. Hamas is a terrorist organization that is based in Gaza, or in the Gaza Strip. This strip of land lies between the Mediterranean Sea and a southern part of Israel. The border between Gaza and Israel is about 32 miles long. The Arabic term Hamas means Islamic Resistance Movement. Founded in 1987, Hamas is a spin-off of the Muslim Brotherhood, a large Islamist terrorist organization based in Egypt. Hamas is an extremist militant group dedicated to creating an Islamic Palestinian state. It is well known for its desire to eradicate Israel. One of the major doctrines of Islam has to do with what could be called sacred space. This doctrine says that once a territory is in Muslim hands, it should never be given up to non-Muslims. Any land conquered by Muslims in the past and considered an endowment from Allah. And if that land is lost, then Muslims are required to do all they can to take it back. In a book titled The Mosque Exposed, there is an Islamic scholar who is quoted as saying, Islam is a revolutionary ideology, a revolutionary program to alter the social order of the whole world and to rebuild it in conformity with its own tenets and the ideals. This helps to explain the mentality of all of Israel's enemies, including Iran and the Arab world. In 1988, the leadership of Hamas created what's known as the Hamas Covenant, In that covenant, we read, The land of Palestine is an Islamic trust. It is forbidden to anyone to yield or concede any part of it. Israel will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it. 
While this commitment to obliterating Israel appears in a document created by Hamas, this goal is shared by all of Israel's enemies. They all view the land of Israel as land that belongs to them and that belongs in Muslim hands. And more importantly, they detest the idea of sharing that land with the Jewish people. Their hatred of the Jewish people is fierce, and they determine to wipe them out. Hamas has been a major instigator of terrorism against Israel from the start. Many of the suicide bombings in the 1990s were carried out by members of Hamas. From 2001 onward, Hamas has been firing rockets and missiles into Israel. Nearly 20,000 were fired during the time span of 2001 to 2015. Back in May 2021, over a two-week period, more than 4,300 rockets were fired. And when Hamas began its war against Israel on October 7, 2023, a one-day all-time record of nearly 4,000 to 5,000 rockets were fired. What makes Hamas so dangerous is that these attacks are made possible with the help of underground tunnels where weapons and rocket launchers are hidden. These tunnels are anywhere from 30 to 200 feet underground. There's an estimated 300 miles of tunnel, with many of the rocket launchers located underneath schools, mosques, hospitals, and other civilian structures, which is against international law. In doing this, Hamas uses its own civilians as shields, making it extremely difficult for Israel to neutralize the rocket launchers and other weapons. One of the most important facts about Hamas and Gaza is that Gaza is not occupied territory. There is no Israeli presence in Gaza. The last Israelis left in 2005. So Gaza has been governed entirely by Hamas for nearly 20 years. And tragically, Hamas has little to show for it. The economic situation there is bad, and many of the people there are in poverty. But it's not because of a lack of money. Between the U.S., the European Union, and the United Nations, Gaza receives hundreds of millions of dollars in humanitarian aid. But Hamas siphons off a lot of that money to finance its terrorist operation. In addition, Iran sends nearly $100 million in aid to Hamas and the Palestinian Authority every year. So you can imagine how much better off Gaza would be if its leaders used that money for the benefit of its own people. Instead, Hamas is more dedicated to destroying Israel than caring for Palestinian civilians. The most important fact we can know about Hamas is that it is a satellite puppet of Iran. The ties between Hamas and Iran are very strong. Hamas gets the vast majority of its weapons and money from Iran and its leaders report to top officials from Iran. And in fact, there were several meetings between the top leaders of Hamas and Iran during the month of September, just before the war broke out. And in a speech given just days before the war started, the supreme leader of Iran, Ali Khamenei, said, Today, the Palestinian movement is more alive than it has ever been during these 70 or 80 years. Then he described Israel as a cancer and said, This cancer will definitely be eradicated, God willing, at the hands of the Palestinian people and the resistance forces throughout the region. 
Next, let's go to the northern border of Israel, which is shared with Lebanon. In Lebanon, we have Hezbollah, which is known as the most powerful terrorist army in the world. The term Hezbollah translates to Party of God. Founded in 1982, this radical Islamic organization is committed to the use of violence to liberate what it claims are occupied Arab lands. Hezbollah says that Israel is on Arab land, and therefore it must be destroyed. Iran supports more than two dozen different terrorist groups all across the Middle East, and you could say that Hezbollah is Iran's favorite pet. Iran gives an estimated $700 million per year, and Hezbollah makes hundreds of millions more from its involvement with businesses and criminal activity in Lebanon. Hezbollah is said to have the largest arsenal of weapons of all the terrorist organizations in the world. It's said to have somewhere between 150,000 to 250,000 rockets and missiles intended for use against Israel. This arsenal is larger than that found in most countries around the world. The Center for Strategic and International Studies calls Hezbollah the world's most heavily armed non-state actor. Not only does Hezbollah have rockets and missiles, it also has drones and weapons that could be used against tanks and ships, and its armed forces are significant. Hezbollah boasts a full-time force of more than 25,000 fighters, and some of these fighters are trained by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, which is Iran's most elite military division. Hezbollah's enormous firepower is the reason that Israel considers Hezbollah to be the most dangerous terrorist faction on its northern border. The border between the two countries runs about 75 miles long. While Hezbollah is based in Lebanon, it doesn't govern Lebanon, but Hezbollah is represented in Lebanon's parliament, and its presence is so significant that it has an enormous influence on what happens in Lebanon. The official government in Lebanon is very weak, and the economic situation is extremely bad. There are government officials in Lebanon that are opposed to Hezbollah, but there's not much they can do because Hezbollah controls so much of what happens in Lebanon. Hezbollah has a long history of terrorist activities carried out against Israel, and it is dedicated to the destruction of Israel. Back in 2006, during a month-long war, it fired thousands of rockets into Israel. And shortly after Hamas attacked Israel earlier this month, Hezbollah said that it is willing to support Hamas. To the east of Lebanon is Syria, which is another enemy of Israel. So far, we've looked at two terrorist organizations, but now we're going to look at a country. Syria lies to the northeast of Israel, and the two countries share a border that's about 54 miles long. Syria has been in a state of war with Israel since 1948, and Syria absolutely refuses to recognize Israel as a nation. Today, Syria is known for the civil war that has been going on since 2011. Historically, Syria has been a weak nation that's populated by several different people groups that don't get along. In very general terms, the civil war is between those who support dictator Bashar Assad and those who are against him. The only reason Assad is still standing today is because of help from Iran and Russia. Iran is involved in Syria in a big way, 
and a lot of people wonder why. It's because for a long time, Iran's goal has been to be the dominant power in the entire Middle East. A very effective way Iran has worked to fulfill this goal is by establishing terrorist and militia groups in other Middle Eastern nations. And these groups are used to create proxy territory and proxy battleground that help to advance Iran's interest in these locations. When the civil war broke out in Syria, Iran immediately came to the aid of Syria's president, Assad, who has been the dictator there for more than 20 years. To help with the war effort, Iran has brought in both the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps as well as militia groups. Iran has a number of military bases and facilities in Syria, which essentially makes Syria a satellite extension of Iran. And I should add that Russia also has a significant military presence in Syria as well. Part of what makes Syria such a dangerous neighbor is that Iran has built ballistic missile factories in Syria, as well as facilities in which missiles and other weapons are stored. On a regular basis, Iran sends cargo planes into Syria loaded with weapons. Some of these weapons are intended for use in the civil war, but many of them are set aside for future use against Israel. This is why the Israeli Air Force has found it necessary to conduct airstrikes every now and then against Syria. These airstrikes are defensive in nature. They're intended to destroy the weapons facilities and to push back on Iran's efforts to endanger Israel. Over the years, Iran has also given Syria many billions of dollars in financial support. Estimates say it could be as high as $100 billion. All of this is done to prop up the Syrian government, and it means Iran is able to get away with demanding major concessions from Syria. These concessions give Iran a lot of control over what happened. In fact, if Iran were to pull out, Syria would collapse. So even though Iran is a thousand miles away from Israel, that distance is meaningless because Iran has such a dominant military presence in Syria. With Hezbollah in Lebanon, and with Iran and Syria, Israel's northern border forms the hottest part of the ring of fire that surrounds Israel. We're talking about a stretch of border that's 125 miles long. That's a lot of danger for the tiny state of Israel. As we come down to the east side of Israel, we come to the West Bank, part of which is controlled by Israel and part of which is controlled by the Palestinian Authority. One of the key challenges about Israelis and Palestinians living in such close proximity with each other is that Israel has to provide a strong military presence to protect Jewish civilians from Palestinian terrorists. While the Palestinian Authority has control over much of the West Bank, it did not do much to take care of its own civilian population. The Palestinian communities in the West Bank are dependent on aid and service from Israel because their own Palestinian government won't provide the services they need. There are many Palestinian terrorist groups that operate in the West Bank, and they're supported by Iran. Over the past several months, Palestinian terrorists have carried out attacks in the West Bank and killed a growing number of Israelis. This year has been the worst for nearly 20 years, and this has made it necessary for the Israeli defense forces to enter the Palestinian parts of the West Bank in order to arrest or kill these terrorists. 
What Hamas is to Gaza, the Palestinian Authority is to the West Bank. Both Hamas and the Palestinian Authority have a long-standing practice of financially subsidizing terrorists and their family. If a terrorist is killed, Hamas and the Palestinian Authority give what could be called a martyr's reward. A significant amount of money is given to the family of the deceased terrorist. This, of course, gives Palestinians an incentive to kill Israeli. The president of the Palestinian Authority is Mahmoud Abbas. Back in 2022, Abbas spoke to the United Nations General Assembly, and in his speech, he strongly attacked and condemned Israel, accusing it of committing massacres against Palestinians and assaults on Islamic holy sites. On the east side of Israel, we not only have the West Bank, but also the nation of Jordan. The border between the two is about 300 miles long. At one time, Jordan was an avowed enemy of Israel. Jordan was one of several Arab nations that attacked Israel in 1948 when the Jewish nation was born. Israel won that war. And from 1948 to 1994, Jordan was at a state of war with Israel. But in October 1994, Jordan and Israel signed the peace treaty. The treaty has been strategic, and the two countries do a lot of trade with one another. But the peace is a fragile one. It was primarily initiated by King Hussein of Jordan. And ever since 1994, a significant portion of Jordan's population has been opposed to relations with Israel. There are many Palestinians in Jordan, and they see the peace treaty as a betrayal of their fellow Palestinians in Gaza and the West Bank. And ever since Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th, there have been large demonstrations in Jordan with protests against Israel. It's gotten to the point where Israel recently called on all Israeli citizens in Jordan to leave the country as quickly as possible. Earlier this year, a poll taken by the Washington Institute found that 84% of the people in Jordan are opposed to having business ties with Israel. The current king of Jordan, King Abdullah II, has expressed anger toward Israel for defending itself against Hamas and has called on Israel to immediately stop fighting. Because the people of Jordan are so strongly pro-Palestinian, it wouldn't be the least bit surprising if the king of Jordan were pressured into breaking ties with Israel. And there are many Muslim militants in Jordan who would be glad to see the peace treaty end and for Jordan to be at a state of war again with Israel. So far, we've been moving clockwise from Hamas and Gaza to Hezbollah and Lebanon to Syria to the West Bank and its Palestinian Authority to the southwest of Israel is Egypt. Like Jordan, Egypt is currently at peace with Israel. But also like Jordan, there is a strong Muslim terrorist presence in Egypt, with the main group being the Muslim Brotherhood. The Muslim Brotherhood is Egypt's largest Islamist organization, and currently it is running more or less underground because the current government of Egypt considers the Muslim Brotherhood to be a terrorist organization. Earlier, I mentioned that Hamas is a spinoff from the Muslim Brotherhood, and that should give us some idea of where the Muslim Brotherhood stands with regard to Israel. The Muslim Brotherhood is dedicated to the total destruction of Israel. 
and is committed to using extreme violence to achieve its goal of creating the perfect Islamist society. While the current president of Egypt has condemned the Muslim Brotherhood, he has also criticized Israel for its actions against Hamas, and he is also calling for an immediate ceasefire. So in light of all that's happening now, it wouldn't be surprising if the peace between Israel and Egypt were to go cold, and there's no question that the Muslim Brotherhood will do all it can to help Hamas. That brings us full circle with the Ring of Fire. There are several borders that are hot or hotter, and there are some borders that are fragile. Hamas, Hezbollah, Lebanon, Syria, and the West Bank are all home to terrorists who desire to destroy Israel. And though both Jordan and Egypt are at peace with Israel, both countries have large numbers of Muslims who would gladly go to war with Israel in the hopes of wiping it out. If we look past this ring of fire, we see two more countries that pose a great danger to Israel. One is Iran, which is considered the most dangerous country in the Middle East. Iran is famously known for its nuclear development program, and it's no secret that Iran wants to destroy Israel. What makes Iran so dangerous is that it has built an extensive network of military proxies all across the Middle East and Iraq. Syria, Lebanon, Qatar, Yemen, and other places. It is through these proxies that Iran does its dirty work, causing instability in the region. While Iran's nuclear program is dangerous, I believe that what Iran has accomplished in Lebanon and Syria and Gaza and the West Bank is even more dangerous. Iran has such a large number of weapons and fighters surrounding Israel right now that the danger of war and destruction is constantly imminent. And the other country you should be concerned about is Turkey. As you know, in recent months, President Erdogan of Turkey has warmed up to building relations with Israel in the hopes of benefiting from Israel's newly developed natural gas industry. The economy in Turkey is very bad, and Turkey is hoping to build up its trade relations. Turkey has been hoping that perhaps Israel could help build a natural gas pipeline that would go through Turkey and deliver gas to Europe. But after the war broke out between Hamas and Israel, Erdogan has strongly condemned Israel. And just a few days ago in a speech, he said that Israel's defensive war against Hamas is one of the bloodiest, most disgusting, and most savage attacks in history. He has canceled a planned trip to Israel and he has declared that Hamas is not a terrorist organization, but a liberation group. Not only does Turkey support Hamas, but it is a strong supporter of the Muslim Brotherhood. Another very significant fact about Turkey is that it has the second largest military force in NATO. The United States is first, and Turkey is second. Worldwide, Turkey has the 13th largest armed forces in the world, with nearly 1 million military personnel. And if you look at just the Middle East and North Africa, Turkey's military is number one, and Egypt is number two. We know from Bible prophecy, from Ezekiel chapter 38, that Turkey and Iran will both be part of a massive invasion against Israel in the end times. So we can expect Turkey to eventually become more hostile toward Israel. All of this information helps us to realize what Israel is up against. 
it is surrounded by enemies, and even the countries that are at peace with Israel are home to Islamic extremists that hate Israel. This should give us an appreciation for what Israel is up against, what it takes for Israel to survive. And there is no question that Israel's survival is the result of God's protection. Though God is behind the scenes, we can see his protection very visibly by the fact Israel has not only survived, but has prospered in what has to be the toughest neighborhood in the world. So as we see conditions deteriorate in the Middle East, we know what we need to be doing. We need to be in prayer for Israel. Prayer for Israel's military as it defends its people. Prayer for the safety and security of the Jewish people. And prayer that God would work through today's circumstances to bring about a spiritual awakening. Pray for the Christians in Israel, both Jewish and non-Jewish, to be a light to their Jewish neighbor. What's so wonderful about praying for Israel is that we can pray with the knowledge and confidence that God is at work. We know that He loves Israel and He watches over it. And in the end, everything that God desires to accomplish will come to pass. He will prevail. My hope is that this episode of Foreshadows Report has been informative, not only from the standpoint of becoming more familiar with the Middle East, but also from the standpoint of knowing how we can better pray for Israel. This podcast marks the final episode for Season 5. However, because of all that's taking place in Israel, it's possible there might be bonus podcasts in the days ahead. For now, my plan is to replay a favorite podcast next week and to start Season 6 on Tuesday, November 21st. But it's possible I might add a bonus podcast in there somewhere. We'll see. For now, plan on a replay of one of our more popular podcasts next week. In the meantime, I will continue to post updates every day on my Telegram Messenger channel. If you want to stay in touch and receive my daily posts, go to my website at stevemillerresources.com. There you'll find a link to Foreshadow's report on Telegram. Or you can go to Telegram Messenger channel and sign up to subscribe to Foreshadow's report. And if you don't yet have my book, Foreshadow, 12 Mega Clues That Jesus Returned in Nearer Than Ever, you'll find it is filled with content like that found here on this podcast. The book explores the many signs around us that indicate we are closer than ever to the end time. To find out more about the book, go to my website. That's at stevemillerresources.com and you'll find links to retailers who carry the book. Thank you again for joining us for this episode and a big thank you to Harvest House Publishers for continuing to make this podcast possible.